So I've been training my body to do a lot more exercising recently, doing some resistance training and training videos and strength stuff. Um, you know, I was an athlete growing up and I pretty much stopped in college, stopped working out. Um, I was done with playing soccer. So I've just recently started picking it up because there comes an age, um, which is sooner than you would probably think, when your body just can't do what it used to. Uh, especially during this, the pandemic, I've, I've reached that, you know, old age again, which is not really that old, uh, where I can't sleep through the night very well if I don't get a good amount of exercise, if I'm just staying in one place all day. Plus, I'm, I'm trying to be safe and I'm trying to be healthy, take care of my body. Um, one, for when I'm older, that I can be in good shape and good health, but also to be wise and a good steward of my body, especially uh, when we're here in the midst of a global pandemic. So, I've been trying a lot of different kind of working out, doing that regularly, mostly watching, like I said, training videos online and doing it in my apartment. And I found this uh, cardio kickboxing video. And I figured I'd give it a try because uh, it looked pretty cool, right? It looked hardcore. The trainers made it look like, you know, this was a cool thing to do, like really big, some, build some strong muscles. And maybe it's also because I have been re-watching the show Alias, which might date me a little bit, but it's early Jennifer Garner stuff, also young Bradley Cooper play a double agent in the CIA. And um, I wanted her biceps, and I want to be able to do a roundhouse kick like she's able to do. So I figured, why not try this video out? And I'm going to be honest with you, I am very glad there was no one in my apartment to watch that. Because where these trainers made it look like it was easy and really cool to do, turns out it's a lot harder than I thought, and I just kind of looked absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I feel like I was punching the air, like I was trying to swat a fly. Did not look coordinated at all. I also do not know how their hips move the way that they do, because I found out my hips do not move like that. I can barely lift my leg up high enough without falling backwards. And also, I never realized how much coordination and balance went into kickboxing. Um, and I found out that I have very little of that. And it was one of those workouts where, you know, maybe this has happened to you where you get done with it and you say, well, I don't know if that worked out any good muscles, but at least I did something. You know, or at least I got my heart rate up, and believe me, I did get my heart rate up because I was sweating so bad that it was embarrassing. So after that first try uh, kick, kickboxing, I kind of just felt like, you know, my body's never going to work like that. My hips will never be that loose. Um, I can't move that way. Maybe just kickboxing isn't for me. But then the next day I woke up and, you know, I was sore in all the right places. Like a good kind of sore. Like it hurt, but you, I, I realized I had been working out some important muscles. And um, a few days later I decided to try that workout again. See if I could do it. Be a little bit adventurous. And I was pleasantly surprised to find out that, you know, I could do a little bit more than I did that time before. You know, I, my, my hips were a little bit looser, I could kick a little bit higher, um, I looked a little bit more coordinated, a little bit more strong, and, um, you know, I was able to, to, to do it a little bit more, and, and I've done it a few times since, and, and I've gradually improved every time, um, every time I've done it, and, you know, before you go admiring my strong and impressive muscles, I will say I will probably never be the new Sydney Bristow on Alias. 
right? Um, I'm not about to be the next Muhammad Ali and, you know, boxing champ. Like, I'm not to that level. But I have trained my body to do a lot more than I thought that it could do. If I had stopped when I felt weak and when I felt like my body couldn't do any of that, like I just wasn't made for it, I would have never realized what my body actually could do and what strength I did have when I put some training into it. And there's a difference between training and trying. If I just tried to be better at roundhouse kicks, well, I probably wouldn't become very good at roundhouse kicks. I wouldn't get very far, but when I trained my body by stretching, by warming up, by little by little doing more and more, doing this workout a few, few more times, each day I started to improve. See, trying is limited, but training, on the other hand, is optimistic. Trying focuses on my weaknesses, my failures, you know, where I wish I could do better, but I'm not very good at something. You know, it's not very motivated or motivating, but training focuses on um, what my body can do or how strong I will be. It focuses on what we can do with the right amount of effort and the right amount of work and where we could go. It's much more optimistic. And so tonight I want to talk about this idea of training specifically as it relates to how we engage with the spiritual disciplines and how it relates to our relationship with Jesus, how we train ourselves in our relationship with Jesus. I read an article recently with a couple of staff members and um, it, was, it was interesting talking about some differences, specifically one major difference that they see between um, generations, specifically millennials and Gen Z. And I want to be careful not to overgeneralize when we talk about generational things. I think we're really guilty of doing that and often just find the negative things in whatever generation we're not, right? But I do think that there were some interesting points and trends that we're seeing in the difference of, of generations and as they change over. And this one area that it talked about, um, you know, was, was how we... Um, our, our personalities, the, the mindset that we go into things with, specifically like when we go into our studies in college, our future, our, our life and our passions like beyond um, childhood. And it, it made the statement that generally, right, millennials came in with this mindset of I'm strong. And that seems like an overly positive thing. And in some ways that is very positive, but it also can be pretty arrogant. Coming in and saying like, I'm so strong, um, I, can, I can change the world, I can do whatever I want. And the downside to that is, is normalcy or security or maybe normal jobs look like complacent um, for, for people like me who were coming into college at that point. And, and what was needed was for someone to come in and say, you know, to, to give us a dose of humility or to say normal jobs or seeking security in some form and fashion, like isn't complacent. But th then on the flip side, and this is an area that, that we see a lot of Gen Z coming in or, or just people coming into college and, and maybe the people around us, ourselves included, I think, um, it, it, it's something that I want to hone in on a little bit tonight is this idea of coming in with the mindset of, of weakness. Well, this is where I, I'm weak or I'm not very good at it. Or if something takes a lot of work and a lot of effort, well, it must not be good or right because I'm not naturally gifted in this area. And I think, it, like I said, it, it's easy for us at this time to, to fall into this mindset more than the other right now um, and to limit kind of what we do and our passions and what we pursue in our lives. Um, and I can, I can see why this is attractive. I can see why this is a little bit easier. 
because it helps us to maybe avoid uncomfortable work, but also it's less painful, it's less risky um, when, when we're seeking what at least feels like more security. And this is where I want to kind of talk today and where I want to land because, like I said, it, it, it's easy for us to come in and to focus more on um, our weaknesses, our inabilities, our limitations. And these mindsets, they, they, whether it's the strong or the weak, they permeate everything that we do, right? They permeate um, our studies, our vocation and our job, our future, our relationships, friendships, dating, our desires to grow, our personality types. Like, yeah, well, that's just not my personality. Like, what are our weaknesses? And we, we tend to live in, in whatever we believe about those things and believe about ourselves. And neither of these postures take training into account because they either say I'm good at something or I'm bad at something right the topic of spiritual disciplines which is what we're going to talk about tonight can be um, I think we go into it sometimes it, it can feel like a little bit of a drag it can be a little bit tiring like oh we're talking about spiritual disciplines again all right I'm going to think about how much work I've got to do <laughs> to, to be right with Jesus and I think it feels that way when we come at it from an I'm weak vantage point. When we come in and we say, I'm not very good at this, this is going to take a whole lot of work for me. And, and I think that's because the I'm weak vantage point also comes in with a trying mindset. I've got to try to be good or try to be close with Jesus. And there's a lot of trying involved, even if we're not aware of it. And, and that trying, it's exhausting. And it's not motivating. So spiritual disciplines, if we're, we're viewing it as like we've got to try better, it's not going to be motivating. It's not going to be empowering. The Bible is clear that there's no amount of trying that we can do to earn God's grace or his love or his salvation. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about cheap grace. But we are told to train ourselves, um, which is meant to be motivating and inspiring and not tiring and risky. It's empower, empowering because, you know, we focus not um, on our own strengths and weaknesses, but on the power of God in us. That's where our strength comes from, and, you know, if we would just train ourselves to operate in it. So tonight, um, as we talk about what this means for us, I hope that we feel empowered. I hope we feel motivated. I hope this doesn't seem like a tiring, daunting task for us, because that's not what this is. This is meant to be motivational. Um, because we've been given the strength and the power through Jesus to grow closer to him. So if you have your Bibles, whether it's on an app or your print Bible, we're going to be reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So you can go ahead and turn with me there. 1 and 2 Corinthians are one of the many letters that Paul writes to different churches. He's writing to here to the church at Corinth. And it's a book mainly for correction and, and giving this church some direction in what it means to follow Jesus because they were pretty confused and they were living, you know, in sin and living in all these different ways. So he kind of brings some loving correction in, like, what does it mean to follow Jesus in our daily lives? And so we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24. This is what Paul says. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air, which is what I did on my exercise videos. 
No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will, be, will not be disqualified for the prize. So Paul here, he's comparing, you know, following Christ and living out the gospel to a race, to an athlete who's training to run a race, and that there's this eternal prize at the end of the race, right? We see this analogy quite often in the Bible, um, a lot in, in the New Testament, this comparison of, of following Jesus to a race that we're running. We see it in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. We see it in Hebrews, you know, topics like running with endurance, um, obeying the rules of the race, training like an athlete, finishing the race. Paul talks about how he finished the race and is ready to go to heaven, um, looking toward this eternal prize. So today I want to talk about this race that we're running and what it looks like, you know, for us to train ourselves for this race. And tonight I just want to just focus on two points. Um, two points from this passage that I think should motivate us to train ourselves to run this race well, aka the, the spiritual disciplines, and to help us in, in, to train like athletes in, this relation, in our relationship with Christ. And these are things um, we do to grow in our relationship with Jesus, not because we can earn grace, like I said, we can't earn it, but um, because like any relationship, closeness takes effort. And I think you've probably um, heard about spiritual disciplines plenty, Bible reading, study, worship, prayer, time in community, investing in others, confession, all these spiritual disciplines. You've probably heard about that a lot, and you could even Google spiritual disciplines and come up with a, a long list of them. I, I, I don't necessarily feel like we need, the, we, we need to talk about them specifically right now. What I want to talk about is the why. Why do we train ourselves and why do we run this race? specifically as we see it in these verses. And so we're going to dive into that for a few minutes. The first point I want to make from this passage about the race that we're running with Christ is that the reward is eternal. The reward's eternal. So we see in, in here that athletes, they train for a prize. So maybe you train for a marathon for the medal at the end. Or maybe, you know, you're Joey Chestnut and you train by eating millions of hot dogs to win the big cash prize, um, you know, at the end of the, the competitive eating contest. For, for normal athletes, they train, if you could consider Joey Chestnut an athlete, I, I guess he's some sort of athlete. Um, they train, as, as, as Paul says in these verses, they train to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So I'm motivated not by my abilities, as Paul says, not by my abilities or my strengths or, or my weaknesses. I'm also not motivated by any earthly prize. My motivation is found, as we see in Matthew 25, 23, when it says that God says to us, when we see him face to face, when we reach the kingdom of God, when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's our eternal prize. That's our motivation is to finish the race well with Jesus. And I want to pause for a second because I would understand if maybe in this time that doesn't feel very motivating. And I want to be careful not to say that as spiritual bypassing either, but, but it's true that we live for a kingdom that's not of this world. And we believe in a God who gives us more than we can ever ask or imagine or even dream of. And if we're in this place um, where, where this isn't motivating, I would ask us to, to lean into that a little bit. Jesus is not afraid of our doubts. He's not afraid of our questions. 
in even this week, if you're in this place, maybe maybe you want to talk to your life group leader or pray with the staff after our weekly worship gathering, um, or or just read more about it. Or I, I would encourage you pr- spend time in prayer with Jesus. Come to Him and say, like, if you're in an honest place where you're saying, God, your kingdom or the the heavenly prize doesn't feel very motivating to me, or there are earthly prizes that feel way more motivating than time with you, Jesus. Like, could we bring that to him? He's not afraid of those doubts and those questions. And I really truly believe he wants to meet us in that. And so would we lean into understanding what that eternal prize looks like, what it would look like for heaven to invade earth? Because that reward, it's meant to empower us. It's meant to motivate and inspire us to run this race well. So that's the first point, is that a reward is eternal. The second is this. We are empowered even in our weaknesses. The Bible says that we are empowered even in our sinful brokenness, even in the things that we feel like we're not naturally good at. We are empowered. And the Bible says we have a trainer, much like Krista DiPaolo, my kickboxing trainer on my online video. We have a trainer, he's called the Holy Spirit, who prays with us, who trains us, who runs this race with us, gives us the skills to do it and to strengthen us that we can pray to and with. And like me with, with kickboxing, we aren't limited to our weaknesses. When we train ourselves, we're more equipped and able to run the race. So Paul says, you know, I don't fight like a boxer just beating the air. You know, I, I, I'm not training aimlessly. Um, I'm not defined by my weaknesses. He goes on to say, no, I strike a blow to my body to make it my slave. And that's kind of a weird sentence. It sounds kind of strange, right? But what he's saying is, is I have power over my weaknesses. That the things that that are weak in me, they don't define me. Through Christ, I have strength. Through Christ, I have authority. Through Christ, I have power. And I can make those weaknesses slave to the authority of Christ that is in me. I love this verse he says later in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Paul, in a nutshell, he says, my weaknesses aren't where the story ends. Right? I I actually boast in my weaknesses because those are the places where the power of Christ shines. That's where he wants to work through is in my weaknesses. So so I, I rejoice in my weaknesses. Far too often... Um, we, we go into training, training simply embracing our weaknesses and trying to operate out of our weaknesses or our limitations, and that is so limiting. This is true in spiritual training and in our relationship with Jesus, too. Instead of operating out of the authority and the power of God that's been in us from the very beginning, through Him we have, a power, we have power and authority. And through this power, we're able to say so many things that scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's Philippians 4.13. Or the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells inside of me. That spirit that brought him to life is at work in me. Romans 8.11 says that, that God's able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, more than we can ever hope or dream, by his power, Ephesians says, that's at work in us. Ephesians 3.20. See, trying is based on our own power, and the truth is, I have very little. But training relies on the power that God put in us when he created us, and then died on the cross for us to save us.
That power dwells in us and we get to operate out of it. And I want to be clear, this also doesn't negate um, our talents and our gifts or the unique uh, passions that God's created us with. He's, he's created us each uniquely. So the truth is, I played soccer my whole life. I love soccer. No matter how much training I do, I probably won't be the next Megan Rapinoe because she's the greatest in the whole world. Or I probably won't be Sydney Bristow on Alias, even though I'm working on my roundhouse kicks. Or, you know, another example, I can train and, and practice piano every single day and I, I will get better at it. I'll do well, it'll become more natural, but I'm probably never going to be Mozart. Because God created gifts in each one of them, in Megan Rapinoe, in fake Sydney Bristow, in uh, Mozart. They, they are uniquely created and I'm uniquely created. God's given me gifts and passions that are specifically to, created for me. My pastor, Mark Batterson from National Community Church, he says something like this. It's to the effect of, there's never been and never will be anyone like you. That's not a testament to you, but to the God who made you. Like we are each made uniquely in the image of God with our own strengths and passions. And I think that that's really all that calling is. I think sometimes we overcomplicate calling and we ask God, what, what is my calling? And we wait for, for that answer. But I think calling is using our passions, using the things that we've been uniquely gifted in to live out the gospel. I think that's what, what calling is. And we get to do that because he's created us so uniquely. But the truth is, even if I'm not going to, to be, you know, a kickboxing CIA spy for Jesus, um, that doesn't mean that training isn't important. It is important, right? It, it keeps my body healthy. It keeps my immune system up. Um, it keeps my muscles and my joints working that when I'm older than I am now that I'll still be able to move and to walk around. Like it's important to do that now for what comes later. We train for a future as well. And, and training um, doesn't negate our gifts. It enhances those gifts. It enhances the talents that he's given us. They're not mutually exclusive. The Bible also doesn't say just to do the disciplines that we're naturally good at or the way that we're wired. Operate how you're wired, but the other ones you don't have to worry about. He doesn't say that. The Bible says that we are, are to, to do all of these things. So, for example, you know, I might feel more wired to, to be in worship, but um, that doesn't mean I, I get to neglect silent and listening prayer. Or just because I'm an introvert, it doesn't mean that I haven't been called to live out the gospel in community, right? We're called to all of these disciplines and they enhance, they only help the giftings that we've been given uniquely. This is where training comes in and we're not called to be the best in the race. Honestly, God doesn't care who the best is. We're not called to be the best in the race. We're just called to be faithful with what we've been given. So now that I know that I can train my body to be stronger, um, and that now that I've, I've started to see some of the fruits of my training, I'll be honest, I, I look forward to these workouts a lot more because I know what my body can do. I know what, what could be in the future the more I do. I, I'm, I'm seeing my muscles get stronger. I'm feeling stronger. I'm feeling healthier. I'm sleeping well at night. I know that my body can do it. And see, when we know our reward and we, when we know the strength that we have through Jesus, we, we can train ourselves to run this race and we're motivated to do it. It's an exciting thing. We get to run the race with Jesus. 
when we understand what we can do through that training. We run this race so that we can be faithful with what we've been given, so we can be healthy Christians able to fight off the schemes and the traps of the enemy, as Blaine talked about quite a few weeks ago when he talked about spiritual warfare, so we can know Jesus deeply as we run closer to him, so that when we get to heaven, God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Instead of viewing relationship with Jesus and spiritual disciplines as something that we have to try hard to do, could we lean into this idea that we get to do it, that we are motivated by a power that Christ has given us to be close to him? A power over our weaknesses that we are not coming in, oh, I'm so weak. We're coming in, I am strong through Christ. Would that define our relationship and how we seek him, how we train ourselves in the spiritual disciplines? Because the reward now and at the end, which is to be with Jesus for all of eternity, is so great and so worth it. Let's pray. God, I thank you that your grace is not limited to my abilities. It's not limited to my any amount of trying that I can do. That it's nothing that I can earn, but that you freely give it to us. But God, I also thank you that you give us some disciplines to train ourselves so that we come closer and closer to you. God, I thank you that you desire relationship with us. And God, I thank you that you give us a strength, even in our weaknesses, that your strength shines through. And Lord, in this season, would you help us to lean into that strength? Would we come in the opposite spirit as most of us have been coming in in this, I'm so weak, I can't do it mindset, which is of the enemy. God, I pray that we would come in the opposite spirit. Would you help us to operate in our strength? that comes only from you because you died on the cross and you defeated Satan, you defeated evil once and for all. God, I pray even in this next week, would you give us moments in your presence where we see how good you are, how good your eternal reward is. Give us a glimpse of what that could look like and would you give us a glimpse of your kingdom here on earth, here and now. God, in our lives, in what we do, would you be glorified by our training, not our trying, but our training because we long to be with you, God. And would you meet us here? We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.